0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Boss Your Business. And today, today, I'm bringing you an old friend of mine, Dustin. How long do we know each other? Back from the Google Plus days, isn't it?
1: Probably since 2011.
0: 2012. Yeah, it's like we we came, we came across. Yeah, Google Plus days. That's somehow back in the day how we initially connected. So, I
1: mean, I'll always remember it was 2011 when Google Plus launched, and that's where I started to meet all my online friends.
0: <laughs> yeah. So whenever like somebody Alden, asks how long have we know each other, I
1: just say eh, 2011.
0: 2011. 2011 Go Google Plus days. So for everybody that's new around and does not know Dustin, Dustin, you're an entrepreneur, AI enthusiast, founder of Magi. Am I actually, I always say it Magi. Is it Magi or is it Magi?
1: Magi, like magic.
0: Oh, I, I, Magi. I, oh, I like that one.
1: Magic AI, Magi.
0: And if you've been around on my YouTube channel or on Instagram, you have heard about. You started blogging, yeah, back in in 2011. Mm -hmm. Have since built a successful career as a full-time digital marketing consultant, speaker. And you have created numerous of products, which we're going to talk about, that help digital creators accomplish more. And your most recent product is Magi. And thanks, by the way, for... How do they call that heat? So, guys, what I'm trying to say here is Dustin actually gave me how to say it in his submission. So, welcome to Evie not having had a second coffee. This is going to be an interesting show today. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted to have you on because I have been watching you back in the day. We would that creepy. Of course, Everybody knows just kidding. You can
1: watch me whenever you want, Evie.
0: Every, everybody knows I do stalk people. <laughs> uh in a good way, in a good way, not in a creepy way. If it gets creepy, I'm out. Um but yeah, it's like back in the day, I knew you as as the marketing guy. You did you did some supporting at social media marketing world, supporting other speakers, then I also saw you speak. And then suddenly, Dustin pops up with the first WordPress plugin. Actually, I was the first product that I had seen. And now, most recently, following your public journey of building Magi, and I always like to ask the first question to be: How did you get here? Oh. Because there's usually stories that I've never heard.
1: Um, man, I, I mean, we, we could cover a lot. I think like many entrepreneurs today, at least many of us digital entrepreneurs, the journey's been very weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and, and not always intentional. You know, it's like you, most of us are explorers. Most of us are curious to no end and i think a lot of just how technology has evolved and how the online world how web has evolved has just kind of guided us and our curiosity has taken us to places that we never really thought we'd go for example thing. i graduated from high school moved out to california i was born and raised in small town pennsylvania i moved to california to pursue acting and i, did I went not to know acting that. school yeah. So I went to acting school for two years, a prestigious conser- acting conservatory known as the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Uh, thank you very much. Um, but I found out very quickly that in in Hollywood, celebrities get to act and actors get to wait tables. And I really didn't like waiting tables very much. So um, I ended up, long story short, becoming an entrepreneur. I wanted control over my time, control over my destiny. And I started as an entrepreneur because I ended up teaching myself web design and teaching myself social media marketing. I just happened to be a director at a, a nonprofit, a, a youth director at a nonprofit, and I had to reach a target audience. And that target audience at the time, 2008, 2009, they were on social media. They were on specifically Facebook. Yeah. And so I started learning about how to reach my audience and that led to me wanting to blog about what I was learning because they say the best way to learn something is to teach it to others, right? Uh, We retain the the knowledge better that way. So I started blogging about social media and I didn't want my blog to look ugly because uh, as a graphic designer, Mm -hmm. occasionally as well, I wanted it to look good and people to enjoy the experience. So I taught myself web design, taught myself social media marketing. And before long, people were contacting me via my blog and saying, hey, can we hire you to do social media for us or hey can we hire you to uh, design our website and our blog and so that turned into a a full-time consulting gig in about 2014 is when i went full-time at that time it was also around the time when i got together with a couple friends and we had this idea for a wordpress plugin and so i kind of went through this phase of i love consulting work because i kind of control my time and i love people i'm an extrovert uh, anybody who knows me knows that about me. I yeah. love people, love talking to people. I need that interaction with people. But I'm also a perfectionist, <laughs> so consulting work historically hard to scale, right? Yep, because it's hard to go beyond yourself and then hire people who have your level of skill that you're willing to share, you know, the workload with. So as a perfectionist, I found it very hard to scale a consulting business because. I can't delegate. I'm just too hands-on, and I want to spend an hour and a half thinking about how round should the button corners be, right? So <laughs> I am not good.
0: And I'm laughing here because I know that. That has been such a journey of learning for me <laughs> to not be that much a perfectionist because yes. I'm the only one who sees it. I'm, and we know that, right?
1: Right. That's yeah. Perfect- yeah. Nobody else cares you know, around it.
0: Nobody else cares thing. about it. Nobody else sees it. But I'll
1: it. see it. And I yeah. have to fix it. <laughs> so uh, when I got together with a couple of friends who had an idea for a WordPress plugin, something sort of clicked in my brain that was like, "This is a better fit for me." You know, I want to build a business. I want to build products that people love. I want to help people online do more, accomplish more, and and be their own boss. Um, but digital products gave me that that sort of balance of, I can put my perfectionism to work on one thing and I can focus intimately and uh, as long as I need to on that one thing and help many people with that one thing. And so it was a much better fit than consulting for me. So while uh, while I built that first business with my two partners, I continued to take on consulting work until the business got to the point where I didn't need to anymore. And uh, so I slowly, you know, offloaded my clients and focused on that one thing. Now, unfortunately, that partnership didn't work out. Uh, there were some challenges in that business uh, and the partners and I grew apart. Um, and so I had to leave that business in 2020 and look for my next venture. And uh, that led me down. Oh, we could spend an hour on this, this part of it, but I'll, I'll save you the drama and the tears. Um, I had two ideas for products that I wanted to build. hmm. Had to raise some capital in order to get them built because I myself am not a developer. I know enough development to uh, be dangerous, but uh, when it comes to building highly complex functional applications, I need to outsource that development. And yep. so I raised some capital, had these great ideas that in my head were gonna, you know, change the world. But because the capital that I raised was not quite enough to get that world-breaking. Um, game-changing product made, I had to slim it down and slim it down and slim it down to like the most minimal viable product that I could possibly afford to get built. Unfortunately, those products never gained enough traction. They were never attractive enough to my target audience to switch from the tools that they were already using. And those two products were an absolute failure. Um, I found myself at a point where I was not sure if I'm, I was going to be able to pay my mortgage. I've got a family to take care of. Uh, this was two years of just grinding, trying to, trying to stretch out the runway from exiting my last company and surviving off of that. And all of a sudden, all the money's gone. All the capital I raised is gone. Our savings are gone. I don't know how I'm going to survive the next few months financially. And I was at a place where I just experienced failure after failure after Ooh. failure after bloody failure. And it, it got so, I mean, I was in the darkest place of my life and uh, just didn't want to even go on anymore. Um, and that's when GPT hit the scene. <laughs> um, I've been working with AI for a long time. Um, and you have as well. Like all of us in the marketing space, we've been doing the AI stuff for like years now.
0: It's, it's been interesting. I was actually also on a group discussion yesterday, yesterday evening at my business club downtown talking about AI. And it's been interesting how the general population thinks AI is a new thing. And I'm like, right. you've got, you guys have been using AI without even knowing it. Customer right. support chats, searches, anything.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: It's, it's just becoming this broadly available to us, but you've been using it.
1: Right. Yeah, we've all been using it. And as marketers in particular, we've been hyper aware of using yeah. it because there are tools out there that have been helping us with copywriting for the last few years. But when ChatGPT came out, something was different. It was It was instantly, I understood that this was going to change the entire world. Mm-hmm. And I instantly saw that I I needed to figure out how to use this for myself to get myself out of this uh, pit of despair that I was in and, and, you know, try and resurrect either my consulting business or find my next product. But as soon as I started using ChatGPT pretty prolifically at that, I realized instantly that, number one, it was going to change the world. Everybody's going to use this technology. And there's a whole lot of things. Oh, look at those balloons. I didn't know. (laughs) <laughs> I, that. Um, I knew that there were a lot of flaws in how it was built yeah. for, for someone who's a business owner, who is a prolific content creator. I instantly saw the, the gaps that were the, the things that were missing from chat GPT that creators like me needed in order to work this technology into our everyday workflows and businesses. So mm-hmm. the idea for Magi started to spin in my head and uh, it was really just like i need to make a better version of chat gpt that's really what it was i need to make a better interface for chat gpt and uh long story short it became much more than that and uh oh turns God, out yes. a lot of people had the same feelings that i did about what chat gpt was missing and uh, here we are i think it's 8 months later uh released it's only in april. Been 8 months yeah released first uh public release was in april i think i had some beta testers about a month before that but yeah, it's only been out since April, and now here we are, about uh, uh, close to two thousand users, and um, a lot of feature updates since then. And oh god, yeah. Uh, yeah the the entire the entire industry of AI has shifted at least two or three times since <laughs> since then, and uh, keeping up has been uh, quite an adventure.
0: Oh god, yes. Um, so for everybody listening or watching, um, Magi is an interface. Where I can literally use how many different AIs do we have now between text AIs and visual AIs? It's it's insane.
1: Uh, As of last week, there are eight chatbot models, and there are as of yesterday four uh, image models.
0: So for for all of twelve models in total. For all of you that are just starting to use AI, first of all, there's two different main AIs that that are being developed right now, that are being used a lot right now. One of them is the text-based one, meaning it's reading text, it's analyzing text, it's giving you text back. The other one is generating graphics, generating visuals based on your input. And magi when you look at it you say you create a new chat and then you choose do you want to use chat or 3.504 do you want to use cloud which by the way has become my main ai right now to use but we also have in magi available personas right away to go yes chat mm-hmm. finally caught up on that one too and is starting to offer that but i'm like for me why magi and jumping on early was a no-brainer is because i have all of them available to me and it's like watching you first of all publicly share your endeavor in growing this and building this and openly and vulnerably sharing also the struggles you had with integrating and um, when chat gpt stuff up it's screwed up in your tool too so it's like Having having that access and being able to see all the things that are happening on top of it just being a no brainer. Why the hell would I pay for one tool when I can have them all um, and have the the ability to to input? I'm like at some days when when I was digging deep. Um, Poor Dustin had like, I don't know how many freaking chat messages every single day in his inbox because I'm like, dude, that that but that button is getting covered up in that view. And I would like to move this. And can we do this? And can we do that? I can't do that with another AI.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. D- just try reaching out to ChatGPT support and see how you how you <laughs> feel <fare> with that. <laughs> I I was paying, I, I mean, I think at this point I'm paying them something like 10 grand a month. For usage and they still take like five days to get back to my support tickets
0: <laughs> oh my god so how has this journey been for you to build that sass it's what what has happened behind the scenes from that moment where you were at your darkest to now i know you've tested running some lifetime deals there at some point, which people like us are usually really, really careful about because they can bite you in the ass royally. So how, how has that journey been those last eight months building out Magi? Well,
1: I think the, the huge lesson that I learned from my two failed products previously was number one, like I, I don't want to, I don't want to do the normal, like hype launch thing. Um, what's a better way to say that I, I, I wanted to ease into the business. Um, and I wanted to go into it with caution because obviously I, you know, I, I burned myself out trying to get the two previous products off the ground. I, I did all of the launch things. I made it all these attractive marketing, um, Uh, lead magnets and campaigns and I've spent money on ads and I had these launch deals and I I made these big extravagant, like I had gold coins made.
0: Oh my God. Yes. I remember those.
1: Um, like to, to uh, just to make it more like spectacular. I, you know, I wanted it to be a spectacular launch and, and have all these goodies and and then when it failed miserably it's almost like you know the the bigger they are the the harder they fall right like the the bigger you launch the harder it hits when it's not a success <laughs> so um i knew that i didn't want to do that again i wanted to approach it more conservatively um my my confidence had taken a huge hit over this last 2 years just just yeah. seeing everything i do fail so i really wanted to come into it with humility and say I have these ideas, maybe they're good. I think they're good. My wife tells me they're good, but we're a little biased. So um, I, I really just wanted to share it as a journey. I didn't wanna do a big launch event. I didn't wanna do big spectacular um, you know, uh, bonuses and stuff for people who signed up early. I literally just, my, my launch was this. I tweeted, here's the public signup link finally. And that was it. <laughs> Um, Now, all along the way, what I was uh, engaging with was uh, sort of a popular approach to building a startup and it's called the, uh, the build in public movement where Mm -hmm. really as a startup founder, you're just sharing what you're building. You're just like transparently saying, here's what I'm working on. Here's why I'm doing it. And maybe sharing, you know, some of the behind the scenes, how the sausage is made kind of stuff. And that's really all the marketing I've been doing for the last eight months. Now I did experiment with uh, a lifetime deal. There was a a friend of mine named Charlie Patel who runs a company called Rocket Hub. Now, like you said, I'm a little bit skeptical about lifetime deals because I've Mm -hmm. seen them crush fellow entrepreneurs who did them with companies like AppSumo and it was the worst decision they could ever make for their business.
0: Especially with something like you where every user is using resources you have to pay for So if you have a bunch of lifetime deals, which pay once, you still have to pay for the resources they are using.
1: Right. Yeah. So So at some point, they become a liability.
0: Exactly. By math, it's like, cool. You get a good cash injection to do whatever you want to do, but then you have to pay for them moving forward.
1: Right. Yeah. So I went into that with a lot of caution and Charlie if I could say anything about Charlie, he's one of the most thoughtful entrepreneurs I've ever met. Um, Everybody should have Charlie or at least a Charlie Patel in their life. Someone like him, but he's extremely insightful. He's obviously built several businesses that have been highly successful and rocket hub. The way that they approach their lifetime deals is they vet every app that they add to their uh, system, every launch they do. They vet the founders. They vet the product. Mm-hmm. They even help with the uh, business plan. He he's very insightful in coming up with pricing models and and helping you to find the right one. And they don't run these cheapo twenty nine dollar lifetime deals. Their lifetime deals are like ninety nine dollars and above. Yeah. So they're a little bit more high end. Uh, and he really worked with me on it. He had to he had to do some convincing to get me <laughs> to be willing even to do a lifetime deal. So, you know, the a lot of the parameters that we put around it were, you know, to, to make sure that it would be worth it for me and it would be worth it for the audience that uh, that would be buying the lifetime deal. So we did. We did it a, a two-week um, timeline, and it was like half the, t- the amount of time of all his typical lifetime deals because I was just super cautious. Um, but it did end up working fairly well. I think we, ra- we sold over $100,000 worth of product in that nice. two weeks. And, um, well, another thing I love about rocket hub, I'll say one more great thing is Charlie is a founder's founder. And unlike these other lifetime deal sites, um, who take 70 to 80% of the revenue, mm-hmm. um, most people don't know that, uh, Charlie acts like a true partner. It's a 50, 50 split. So if you do a lifetime deal with rocket hub, you get 50% of that revenue. And it's a real partnership. They pay for yeah. all the ads, they pay for all the they generate all the ad copy, they generate all the assets. And then at the end, they give it all to you. They're like, here's the data that we found, here's the ads we run, here's what was successful. Here's all the copy, wow. here's all the images. You have them, they're yours. So really great experience with that. I probably won't ever do it again just because I don't need to. Um, but th- that's not to say that, you know I wasn't extremely happy with the results. Um, So that was like the one big marketing thing I did. And I think it did really help to generate some buzz, some word of mouth It onboarded some users pretty quickly. And those users became advocates because they were really happy with what they got. And uh, the only really other marketing thing I did is I implemented an affiliate program. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, part of my mission, I think, in creating Magi was I know that this technology is going to change the world like we we've already seen how it's changed the world and i think the people who are out there teaching others how to use this technology are the most important people right now for this technology to thrive i mean you think about when the world had to transition to the web like there was a huge learning curve right people had to like figure out what am i going to use the web for is this a fad is it going to go away and then Soon enough, people acclimated. Maybe three, three to five years. It, it took some time, but then the the onset of Google. When we switched from like having to have phone books and like actually do physical research and go to a library and find things, right? Google came along and completely changed the paradigm. But still, there was this learning curve, right? We mm-hmm. had to like figure out what do we search for. Uh, we we started the first thing that everybody was searching for was just like Charlie bit my finger and you know funny videos. But like eventually we re- we learned oh I can search for local restaurants I can mm-hmm. search for uh, a, a website and ans- that answers my um, this troubleshooting problem that I have I can type in a math problem into Google search and get an answer so we we went through this learning curve as a culture but we we didn't really have the prolific amount of teachers that we have now and I think the the only way that this technology is really going to uh, just blitz the marketplace and, and shorten that curve is with creators who are willing to teach others how to use it. They're willing to like go in there, get their hands dirty, figure it out for everyone else and teach everyone how to use it. Now there are thousands of creators out there teaching people how to use chat GPT, but I know as a creator myself, that is very hard to make a living mm-hmm. by just giving stuff away for free and teaching people for free. And that's what you want to do as a creator because you have a good heart. So I wanted to, as, as a founder and, and as a profitable business, I wanted to find a way to pay these creators for sharing uh, good information and teaching people how to use this technology. GPT is never going to give anyone a dollar for creating a video of how to use ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. But if somebody goes out there with that same exact principle, how to use Magi, I, and they refer a bunch of customers over, I want to give them 20% of that revenue or the lifetime of those referrals. And that was, that was the one thing that I knew I needed to do. And, and yes, it's a marketing play, but it's also like, this is the best way to get this information out there and to get the education out there to pay these creators for the work they're doing in educating the marketplace.
0: And you're not just saying that you are living that. So little story time here. Um, I was speaking in Vegas with a couple other friends of ours, and unbeknownst to us, literally unbeknownst to us, it was not planned. There was no, we knew our topics, who everybody is talking about, and somehow, how many was it like three or four of us, all avid Magi users, literally mentioned. Magi in our talk and then the 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 wave started of us texting Dustin and being like dude I need a landing page (laughs) and within literally like half an hour 15 minutes all three of us had a landing page for our talks for being there to send people to and yes guys you're gonna get it too mine is at ask forward slash magi it will be in the description um where it's like you don't just say this we often enough as content creators get the cold page of let's partner up and in the end you just want me to fucking jump into your affiliate program without mm-hmm any resources without anything where the experience with you has been completely different. First of all, my audience knows I love me a SAS tool that I can converse with where I can have an impact. Does it mean everything I'm throwing at you is going to be implemented? No, but I'm part of the growth. I get to give feedback. I, I get to be part of that Mm -hmm. And then also getting that support as a content creator of, hey, Dustin, I have this idea. We're literally at a conference right now. Everybody is asking. 15 minutes later, I have a damn landing page with my headshot in it and even savings for you guys. So make sure you check it out through the affiliate link because you might be saving yourself some money for the first few months. Um. It is a relationship, and that mm-hmm. comes back around to to great partnership and great affiliate programs, where it's not just like you're just a salesperson. I don't want to be just a salesperson. If I'm just a salesperson, I'm going to do that for my own business.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's been it's been really refreshing to to see that impact and that commitment with you as as well as the other affiliate programs that i work with because again if it's just a freaking sales pitch you just want me to to go out there and shout the name from the rooftops it's not gonna happen <laughs> I'm yeah, not a our product
1: <laughs> and then you never hear from them again <laughs> yeah no i i am a creator and i know that creators are the future of any emerging technology they are they're the ones who make it happen it's not the product creators who make it happen it's not the the marketing team that makes it happen the the when any paradigm is changing it takes educators content creators people who have the the skill and the desire to share knowledge mm-hmm. and especially knowledge that is new and novel and and not everybody understands yet
0: how does life look nowadays?
1: Oh, it's still pretty crazy, you know. Um <laughs> with APIs. That's the only way how we
0: function. I don't think we can we can function without a little bit crazy here and there.
1: Yeah, so um I also have three I have three kids. Um they're all in school right now and in fact today's an early out day, which why? Um, <laughs> but Just
0: keep uh them for the day. I don't want them home.
1: <laughs> yeah could you keep them like all day that would be great <laughs> um but yeah you know trying to trying to be a dad of three kids and my wife she is a teacher so she works she's gone from like six o'clock in the morning until you know five five o'clock at night uh, and so you know i have to take the kids to school and then i have to be the one to come go pick them up and you know make sure that they're all settled and make sure they're all taken care of uh while still trying to get in a full work day, uh, trying to run an entire business. So it's, you know, it's it's a crazy sort of balancing act that you have to try and make. But, um, and then on top of that, while they are at school, just trying to stay on top of all the emerging changes and all the, uh, the the things happening in the world of AI and trying to listen to customers, listen to creators and see, you know, what do you need next and what's not working or what can be better. Um, so it's it's, there's never a dull moment. Uh <laughs> there's there two crises that I had to solve this morning before this call and before I could even take a shower. Um, so you know shows it's, uh, are
0: overrated. What's that? Shows are overrated. They
1: are really, they are. Um, <laughs> you know. Who, who needs um, a shower? Um I do after a day like today.
0: <laughs> oof, yeah. I'm more I'm more of a bath person after a crazy day. Um yeah. For anybody out there that is considering going into a, a product-based business or SaaS, do you have one tip that they potentially should pay attention to or that that big lesson that you had?
1: Yeah, I mean, the big lesson is you have to be so obsessed with talking with your target customer and and be willing to throw every one of your ideas away If it doesn't fit the customer's needs, the one of the reasons that I think the first two products failed, I mean, number one, I didn't have enough cash to build the thing that I wanted to build. But on top of that, when I, when I whittled down the minimum viable product to what I could afford to build, it was based on what I thought the customer needed, how I thought it should be. Now, to a degree, I am a bit of a Steve Jobs in that, you know, you can't ask people what they need because they don't often don't know, know what they need. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to them enough, you can intuitively understand what they need, but you can't understand what they need unless you talk to them, unless you really spend the time getting to know them, their workflows, their daily struggles, their problems, their you know their goals. And if you don't spend the time talking to the customer, you can have all these great ideas in your head that ultimately fail because they don't connect to your target audience's wants and needs, so um, the big lesson is talk to your target audience and be willing to throw out every idea that you have in exchange for the ones that they actually want or need. So,
0: and with that, I sh- oh god, I feel that that's that's where some that's where some ego comes in, and you need to put your own ego aside.
1: It does, it, especially as creatives, like mm-hmm. we. I'm I'm an artist. I'm a creative. I'm also a, a bit analytical in my own head, and we get so attached to these ideas. We mm-hmm. we, we love our ideas; they're our babies, right? Our, yep. our products, our business—that's yep. our baby, and we we want to just drive forth w- w- with what we came up with. And we can get so blinded by that, and completely ignore what our audience is telling us. And um, you know, that can be the, a real downfall for a lot of products.
0: It reminds me a little bit of raising a child, not that I'm a parent, but I often see uh, parents having a certain vision for their children, Mm -hmm. but they do have their own mind and their own personality. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you either going to drive them away by pushing them the direction you want them to go, or you need to let go of your perception and let Mm -hmm. them be. Absolutely. And with that deep knowledge, guys, I'll send you off. Thanks so much for joining us again. As always, all of Dustin's links, as well as my affiliate link for Magi with your savings are in the description. Pop on in the comment section, leave a review, let me know and let Dustin know what you think about Magi, what you are using it for. And I'll see you in the next episode of Boss Your Business next week. Bye, everybody.